Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com. And this is the Awareness and Consciousness podcast. So this piece is a short, it's a it's an excerpt from a self-mastery academy course I'm doing, which is I'm doing it in, in support of the self-mastery course, which is a whole changing beliefs process of learning skills to change your beliefs. And I'm supporting it with this online class. Uh, instead of teaching these skills and, and insights to just an individual client at a, at a time in my coaching, I could do it with a whole group because they're so often the same and people need the same bits of information and put things together. So I can do this as a whole group. Uh, and that's what we've been doing and some great stuff has been coming out of it. Uh, and here's one of those pieces uh, that I'm dropping in here. And it's about how we create these beliefs, why we would create these beliefs of, of not being good enough, I'm not lovable, something's wrong with me, I'm broken. Any of these kind of really strong self-rejecting beliefs, not just about what we do, but a sense of identity. The, that sense of identity, I'm the problem, is, is what creates shame and unworthiness. As opposed to something like, oh, I did something wrong. It's like what you did doesn't represent you, your behavior. Okay, you're not your behavior. That tends to be more towards guilt. I did something bad is more towards guilt. But if I'm the problem, that's shame, that's unworthiness, because how do I fix me? It sets up a whole different level of how do you get out of this feeling? There looks like there's no way out. I'm not lovable. The problem is who you are, not what you did. You can change behavior. So that's hypnotizing is what a belief system does about our own identity. And when it's shame and unworthiness, with those kinds of false beliefs, it takes a little more movement and, and skill level to separate yourself from that identity as opposed to just a behavior and to change it. So... Uh, those skills you learn in the self-mastery course, that's what I'm taking people through in my self-mastery processes. Uh, but here I want to share with you like just how and where and why we might structure those beliefs uh, and why they might have been a good idea at the time. Uh, oddly enough, particularly when growing up and we're three years old and there's chaos around the house. So I hope this helps. Other people saying, okay, don't cry. I'll give you something to cry about. Okay, more than one has heard that. Yeah. With those, we often, we often think that we're the problem in those relationships. We learn to believe we're the problem. We learn to believe that we're making mistakes and we're unlovable. Uh, with parents like that. That's a switch our mind makes that puts us in the role of self-blame. When the truth is we have a parent that's out of control, their emotions are, they're, they're crazy, they're unstable. Uh, they're dangerous. And we're trying to orient our sense of making sense of the world as a kid around a person like that, a particularly abusive parent. 
And we can either in our truth, and kids will often know this and worked with clients said crazy, unstable parents, uh, emotionally volatile parents. That's a less judgmental word. They're emotionally volatile parents, physically abusive. And in their truth, they know they knew this parent is wrong and they're not taking care of me and they're not, they're not treating me nice. And, and this is wrong. But they knew if they went with that story, they would be standing up for truth. And they could say it out loud. It's like, mom, dad, you're wrong. You're drunk. You're being abusive. You're unstable. You don't have control over yourself. That they would be fighting a much bigger person that could physically hurt them if they were going to lose and get beaten up worse for. And so the mind calculated that consequence of telling the truth and said, that's going to be much more painful. And so we avoid the truth and we say, we have to repress the truth. And make ourselves believe a lie and say, it's my fault. Because if I say it's my fault, I can avoid this battle that will happen if I speak up for this truth because I know it's an injustice. I can avoid that battle. I'm going to lose. That's going to be painful. I'll say it's my fault. And if I believe it's my fault and there's something I can do and I can compensate in some way, and this is like a three-year-old, this is a five-year-old mind, I will avoid triggering them again. I'll be really good. I'll be really kind. I'll make everything happy. I'll be especially careful. I'll avoid them. And so we start to learn at three, five, ten years old, these strategies to avoid the volatile emotional adult, the parent perhaps. And we make stories. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's my responsibility. And if my responsibility, I have agency and you feel a little more empowered like I can do something to stop that reaction in the future or avoid it or not trigger them, right? And so we, we take on this compensating belief of feeling like we have power in the house. We'll just adopt the perfect behaviors and avoid the bad behaviors so that they don't get triggered. And that feels safer and more secure because now we have a feel of agency, a power, and that we can control the situation. We just have to figure out what is the perfect thing to do and avoid the triggers. Okay, which with a volatile adult, an abusive adult, like you're never going to avoid the triggers. But you don't know that. So you've denied the truth that you know. You've adopted the lie that it's your fault. Feels better. The lie feels better because you have some agency and you believe I can figure out a way to make this work and I can avoid these beatings, abuse, shamings, criticisms. And so then you try and go and map out these ways to avoid being criticized or, or, or abused. Feeling somewhat empowered and hopeful. And that feels better. The problem is it's all under the assumption of the lie that you've agreed to believe it's my fault. I'm wrong. I'm bad. And so you start to build this lie about yourself that I'm a wrong, bad, something's broken about me, I'm not lovable, shame. But you don't mind as much because at least you have some agency and you feel like there's hope. 
But over years and repetition, every time they say it's your fault, it's your fault, and you pissed me off and you made me angry because they don't have control of themselves and you made me do this. And you know, if you weren't so stupid, if you weren't this, you weren't like they've a part of you goes, mm, I'm gonna take that, I'm gonna believe that it's my fault and I'm worthy, I'm unworthy, and I'm broken, I'm unlovable. Like you absorb the more and more pain, you absorb more and more, all based on a lie. And the pain grows over years until you're hypnotized in that story and you're telling yourself that year over year. And now maybe you're out of the house for years, but that narrative story is living inside you that you agreed to believe because it felt safer. There was hope about agency and it was safer than telling them the truth was they're wrong. You took the smarter way out at three and five years old to take the blame. Because telling them the truth was, was, a, was a fight you were going to lose. And you were smart enough to figure that out. And you should say, I'm going to go with this lie because this will be less painful. That it is my fault. But over time and repetition, you come to fully believe that in your belief system and your, your victim side of the belief system accepts it your judge is reinforcing it because you got to find another way you just got to figure out and be more perfect to be a better pleaser and anticipate them better or read their mind better and do all these things in advance and so you develop this big perfectionist strategy and that's the way you're going to save you and you feel empowered it feels like possible it feels like hope and you end up living your adult life like that you let uh, living adult relationships like that and buried in there is a shame and unworthiness and believing it, believing I'm broken. I'm, uh, there's something wrong with me. That's a lie. But underneath that lie is a truth that you buried before that. And the truth is you're not broken. They were unstable and they were emotionally unstable and out of control and they didn't know how to love you, and they didn't know how to accept you. And you're not broken at that level. But you've built on lies about yourself that you are broken to give yourself hope with this other strategy that you can control the situation. So you built lie on top of lie on top of lie to avoid that conflict that you were gonna lose. And it looked better at the time But now when you're an adult, it's time to drop those stories, all of them. Living the truth, you're not broken. They were the problem, not you. And so as you unlayer these stories and layers, you get back to that bottom layer. And you, I'm not broken, I am lovable. And there's a part of me that I wanna get in touch with, there's nothing wrong with. And all these parts that believe they're broken and it feel all the shame and unworthiness, like. And that I'm supposed to be perfect and I got to control other people and please everybody. It's like <sighs> that you're unlayering all that and you get to the part where you're like, I know I'm just fine. So that's the journey you're on. That's the journey everybody's on. And if they're not doing it, they've done it or they're putting it off till later. So, hope that helps with uh, that picture. Some of our, our unstable parents. 
or wherever we got that seed, wherever we got that not good enough story somewhere, somehow, at some level of degree, some of it were reinforced earlier and more often than others. That's all. So hopefully that gives you some insight to the kinds of stories we tell ourselves, that our mind has learned to tell ourselves uh, over and over again, and why we might have learned to do that, and why once we're hypnotized into telling ourselves that story in our mind, you know, that hypnosis puts us in that identity where we continue to tell that narrative story, and that is our identity, and that's the way our mind thinks about us, but that does not mean that is what we are, and that does not mean we have to continue living and believing that narrative story. And just for the record, you don't have to have come from a traumatic childhood or, or just have a lot of emotional volatility around the house to have developed this I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable narrative. There's lots of sources for that, uh, even if parents were kind and loving and, and caring. Uh, we're probably going to absorb that narrative about ourselves at some point. And once it's planted, just one little idea of it, it an idea can grow in the mind like a seed. And, and grow and grow, and we look for places to, to give it evidence and support it and put faith in it. And we put that power of our faith into an idea. It becomes powerful, self-hypnotizing belief, uh, particularly if it's repetitive over years. And so how to take your faith out and, and not believe a thought, uh, you know, it's a big, big, important skill to learn if you want to change what's going on in your mind. So this is not the only source uh, of, of those false beliefs. This is just one of them, kind of understand a little better why we might be thinking what we're thinking and why it might not be true. So there's, there's ways out of those narrative stories that are, are driven by our belief systems. And you can find those processes at pathwaytohappiness.com in the self-mastery courses. They'll teach you the skills to identify these as just a story, just a, a false belief about ourselves. give you that gap of separation so that you can be skeptical and, and dissolve uh, the power that these, these kinds of thoughts have over us when we're not aware. This is Gary Van Wormerdam from pathwaytohappiness.com with the Awareness and Consciousness podcast. Have a great day.